yo, we are back with another episode of The Talk Podcast. Man, and on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest, Dayton, Ohio's own Jason Hampton. What's going on with you? What up, what up? Man, I just want you to know that it's a pleasure that I get to interview you on this podcast. Like, oh, yeah, nah. For sure. When I seen old girl had tagged me in the post, I'm like, heck, yeah, I got to jump on, on that, man. I've been following you for a while, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you. Oh, no problem, no problem. And you may not remember, but a, a while ago, we did a um a cypher together. It yeah, was yeah, a, nah, I remember. Oh, you yeah, remember yeah, that I shit? Did. Yeah, yep, yep. Yep, yep. 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 Yeah, that yep. shit was dope, man. So, okay, so um tell me tell me a little little bit about yourself. So, um was you born and raised in uh Dayton, Ohio? Yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. I was born and raised here. Now as far as like when you uh, introduced me, I know like you said they called me Jason Hampton and shit. That's like my Facebook name. Facebook made me Changed my name, but the name I really go by is Jason DDKS, and that stands for Dayton's Best Kept Secret. Okay. So I started off with the music and shit. So I was doing the music, and I started the group Dayton's Best Kept Secret. And like I said, I also went by that, so I was doing the music, and then as, as time went on, I transitioned to the movies. But yeah, yeah, I grew up here and known all around for just selling my different CDs and clothes and all type of shit like that. Okay, so what part of uh, Dayton did you grow up in? Like, what neighborhood um, were you raised in? Uh, well, it just depends on what year. Like, I grew up when I was younger. I was, was born in uh, Niagara, over there in Five Oaks area. Then I grew up and moved to uh, Timber Creek, Cornell Woods Apartments. Then I ended up moving to Trotwood. Then, like I said, from there, I was going to Trotwood Junior High and Trotwood High School, but I was always skipping school, going to different high schools, and just always been doing shit like that. So a lot of people thought I went to Meadowdale and different shit. So I just always been moving around to where I ain't never just limiting myself. But I was always in all the different hoods, Five Oaks. Once I got to where I was doing the music and shit, that's where I was really at around when I was saying. Once I got to like 20 and all that shit like that, I was on Delaware in the Oaks. So that's where I really started making a name for myself and started getting the buzz with the music around that time when I was over that area. Okay. So did Five Oaks, like, did it have any, like, type of influence for you to start music? Like, was it people over there that you was maybe, like, tell them you had an idea and they pushed you towards, you know, doing it? Nah, nah. I was already doing the music. I started doing the music in, like, high school and shit. Like, some of my uh, people, because um, some of my people lived in Townview. So I uh, linked up with a couple of people in Townview. They was doing music also, but I was always rapping fast, like Bone Thugs and Harmony. I was on some shit like that to where I was just always the nigga that could rap real fast. I kind of made my name, like when people be in school and they'd be rapping, I'd be the person to come rap fast. So I could rap like Bone Thugs, Harmony, like Twister, like the fastest verses. I know how to rap other people's shit and shit like that. So I was always just doing the music. But once I got to like, Five Oaks area when I got to that age that's when I was really serious about the shit you feel me all the other years I was kind of just playing around with it 
But once I got to that age and like DBM and Diamond Cutting, Hoosegal and all these different uh, groups and stuff was going on, I'm like, man, I'm about to make my own group. And that's that's just where I was at. At the time, I was at Five Oaks in Delaware, and I was selling like Blacks and Cigarellos and bottles of Pinnacle and Paul Sun and shit like that. So I already was making a name for myself on grinding and shit like that. But with the music, I ended up dropping a CD. And that was like when I first got to doing what I was really doing, like hitting the streets real hard, putting the posters up, and just mm-hmm. getting started into what I do today. You know what I'm saying? What made me who I am today. Okay. Now, did anybody like from school or anybody in your neighborhood, were they a part of your group? Were they a part, a part of dating Best Kept Secret? Yeah, yeah. It was like my cousin. His name was Lil Cuz. My other cousin called himself Flo. And I had a couple other people who was uh, doing the stuff with me. It was a lot of them, so I don't really want to uh, start names dropping too many because I'm going to forget somebody. And then, I can yeah, understand I that. I, but yeah, it was a lot of different niggas I was working with at the time, but it just ended up from there. It went from me working with a lot of people to me just working by myself. So that's how it kind of transitioned because some people going to jail and different things happening, but that's yeah. why I just learned like I was better off doing stuff by myself than trying to work with a large group of people. So it just worked out how it worked out for me, though. Yeah, I can dig that. So do you come from, like, a musical background? Was anybody in your family um, in the music? Uh, Nah, nah, not that I know of. Nah, I ain't come from no musical background. My mom, she could sing a little bit, but she ain't sing uh, doing nothing other like church or some shit like that, but... Nah, I ain't come from no musical background. Oh, so right, it just sparked your interest. You just was listening to some music one day. You was like, you know what? I got some dope ass flows. I'm about to rap this shit. It just came to you. Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, like I said, I was rapping other people's shit. I was rapping both of the harmony and shit like that, and people couldn't. That's how I realized I could rap like faster than people and shit, but I was just rapping like other people's songs, like people be in school, like I said, rapping twist and verse, and it'll be a part that's real fast, and I'll be the only person to know the words and shit. So then I just got to where I was listening to so much music, and it was helping me get through certain situations I was going through. I'm like, man, I want to make some music that touched some people like the shit I be listening to. So it was really some shit like that. My mom was sick growing up, and I was going through shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I really was just trying to figure out an outlet. Then I was doing singing and shit. I started off singing, doing singing talent shows, and I had won first shit. place at this first talent show. Uh, and once I won and shit, and I just, I think that just made me just, I fell in love with that, with people cheering and just winning and shit like that. So I think that's what it was. But after I did that first one, they sent us to, it was me and another guy, my dude Jermaine Stubblefield. We did it together. And then, like, the, the next one, he, he was on stage, and I was really into it, and he started laughing and shit. And they gave us third place instead of first place, and they had said it on the mic. Like, I would have got first place, but your guy was laughing, da 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 And we were supposed to get a $100 cash prize, and I was going to get $50, so I was really into money. Yeah. But once he made me lose that little competition, I ain't never want to be in no group like that again. So that kind of, i always been, like, better solo person type person, but. That's when I was like 10, 11. So I've been doing the music shit. It just transitioned from singing to rapping, then from rapping to the movie. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, that's so. Um, out of the songs that you actually um wrote, what song got you noticed first? What songs like, oh yeah, bro, you got the juice. Like that's the one that you just knew. Like. Uh, yeah, I had a song called "Bitch I'm on the Grind." That was like the song that everybody in the city and she gravitated to. They had this little spot called Santana's where all the local rappers was going to perform it. And I went there and shit and started performing that song. And it became real popular in there. So that was like my first song that that I knew that people liked it and started really getting my name out here and shit. Oh, yeah, that's dope. So from there, like, okay, you said you went to Santana's. Like, so after that, like, what are some of the other places that you performed? Have you performed outside of uh, Dayton, Ohio? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, I started going out of town all the time and shit. They had this thing called the Ohio Hip Hop Awards. And they had, um, like, people from all every city in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they all compete and then go against each other. I done been in, like, but I started going to Atlanta doing all type of shit. The only person that ever beat me in a talent show was Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, damn. So I lost to him. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. That was before he blew up. The year that, he, that I went against him was the year that he blew up. And got signed and shit, but we was both in the same uh, contest, the Ohio Hip Hop Awards showcase. He actually performed in Dayton and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn, yeah, I he, never he knew that. Yeah, so he- yeah, but as far as, as far as like that, like I got nominated for best live performance in Ohio. I was the only artist to get nominated for best live performer in Ohio twice. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's from like all the cities in Ohio. You know, so I got nominated two two years two separate years and shit. But I was always on that, like going to these showcases, going against different artists. I had my stage performance together. A lot of these artists were just moving around or staying in one place and jumping around and shit. I really have a whole stage performance. Like I'd be rapping one song, then it switched to my fuck child support song. I had people hold fuck child support signs and then switch <laughs> to tight. another song called Where the Pussy At and have bitches come shaking, stripping it. And this was before a lot of like the Facebook and all that shit, lives and shit like that. So social media wasn't as popular when I first started doing that shit, but I just was motherfucking making a name for myself, putting more effort into my, my shows and performances and shit. Yeah. Now, did you do any type of like battle rapping or anything like that? Or was it just solely based off performance? Yeah, yeah, just performing, but like in the hood and shit, different places like growing up. People will get to try to battle rap you and talk shit. So I done had to battle rap a couple of times, but that wasn't never my thing and shit, doing no battle rapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have done it a couple of times, but no, that wasn't my, my thing for sure. Oh, yeah, I can dig that. Now, did your family, did they support you with your music? Were they right behind you? Uh, my mom, my mom was always supportive. and She always been supportive of me, uh... I remember trying to get some of my uncles. They had some money. I was trying to get them to invest in me, but they weren't supportive of the, uh, the vision I had. So, But that helped me to be able to do the things that I ended up wanting to do and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They handicapped me. I always had to invest in myself and believe in myself because I learned at an early age that the other people ain't going to be there for you or believe in your, in your vision. So wow. it was just something like that. So I, I turned everything negative into a positive. My mom always supported me, and my dad, too. He didn't never uh, say no discouraging things. He more or less, I think he wanted me to uh, 
pursue other avenues of, of work and shit at the time because he didn't think I was going to make no money off the music and shit like that as far as at the time. But um, my mom, she always just stayed supportive and, 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 you know what I'm saying, tried to support what I had trying to do. That's what's up. That's definitely what's up. So what made you start your brand? Got my hustle up. Uh, shit, I really was just trying to uh, make some money and shit, sell my T-shirts. I was uh doing the T-shirts. While I was trying to do the T-shirts, I seen my guy uh, Ken Lowe with Players University he had some shirts and uh, Coach Chronic had these I Ain't Got It shirts. And I was trying to just get into I always been selling different stuff, so I'm like, no, I want to get into the fashion. And I had different songs and shit, but I had a song, Bitch, I'm on the Grind. Then I had another song, Where the Pussy At. Then I had another song, Fuck Child Support. And I knew they was all kind of explicit. So I'm like, man, I got to come up with something more kid-friendly and more, you know what I'm saying, friendly where I could promote it. And uh, I had been trying to come up with something, but I ended up making a song. And my engineer, Mo Beats, he ended up taking like a part of my verse. And I said I had my hustle up or something in the song, and he ended up chopping it up at the end. Like, got my hustle up, got my got my hustle up. Every time I come around, I always got my hustle up. Hey. And uh, that was just, like I said, catchy. It was like something that I had just said in the song, but I'm like, damn, that's it right there. Got my hustle up, and I just she made it. Got my design made and dropped my shirts, and I sold a hundred shirts the first day. So oh, that's I just, what's like, And I want to. I want to say I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, but I want to say too. I do appreciate your hustle, man, because I see what you be doing. I see your flyers. You will have them up on the uh, like the McDonald's speaker. So, you know, when people yeah. pull straight up, that's the first thing they're going to see. You feel me? On gas yeah. pumps, like, hey, I appreciate your hustle. If if hustle had a face by it, bro, it would be you, man, right in the dictionary. You definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that's what I pride myself on, taking it to the next level and doing that type of shit like that. So I appreciate you. That means a lot to me. That made me know I'm doing what I'm, that I need to do, for sure. You definitely are, man. Blessings to you. And so, like, um, who was the first celebrity you've ever met? Because I see, I see you know a lot of celebrities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, at the time, I was going state to state trying to promote my music. So that was what I was on, trying to be somebody famous because I always felt like if somebody, the right person beat me and hear my stuff, they're going to want to sign me or something. But on the road to trying to do this, a lot of people that I was meeting, I was meeting them, but I wasn't getting to really interact with them. They weren't giving me a chance to really check out my shit to, uh, to really make something happen and shit. But as far as my first celebrity that I met, uh, I can't even remember. I'll probably say the first one that I remember meeting that I met for real was Busy Bone. And oh, he was like, sad. yeah, that was the first one that I really uh, remember meeting that I was trying to meet. And that was just Quincy. He was my favorite rapper too. So mm-hmm. it was just something like that. Like now that I look back at everything, I realized that I was really, always been dedicated and determined to make something happen, you know what I'm saying, achieve my goals and shit like that. That was somebody I always wanted to meet, and then I ended up finally meeting and shit. Mm. And I ended up uh, working with him later on down the line. But when I first met him at the time when I worked with him, that was just my first time meeting him, though. But later on down the line, I ended up meeting, working with him. Then, like, all the celebrities, like Michael Blackson, mm-hmm. was one of the first people I met, the dude to play Biggie, but this was all like when I was first starting out. So that's how I ended up 
getting the uh, idea to want to put them in the movies and stuff like that because I had met them on my road to trying to make something happen and was taking pictures with certain people and they was blowing up as I was going and then I was like, damn, I should have, once I got to want to do movies, I'm like, I should have reached out to them and then when I ended up running into them again, that's how I was able to uh, make some of these connections happen just from years and years of being persistent, running into people over and over. That's dope. Yeah, because I be seeing you with a lot of pictures with him. I'm like, man, that is, he is on the move. You don't let nothing hold you back. You know what I'm saying? Nah, nah, nah. Nah, hell nah, I can't. I know you motivate a lot, man. I know you motivate a lot of people like, hey, yo, I got to get my hustle up. I need to do what I got to do. You feel me? So, I got a question. So, how, um, what made you start writing movies? What made you want to start producing movies and stuff like that? Um... Shit, it was more or less, I had been trying to do movies since like 2010, 2011. I had shot my first movie and edited myself on Windows Movie Maker. It was like an hour and 20 minutes, but I didn't like the way that it, the the quality of it, so I didn't never put it out. So from there, I was, and, and then even around that time I had, when I finally started working with Busy Bone, I was trying to get him to, uh, we had had a short film that we was doing, and the trailer actually on YouTube is called You Can't Tell Me Nothing. It was a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. So, But my guy lost the footage, so that didn't never come out. And like, even like my music videos, I was always putting like storylines in my music videos. So I kind of just fell in love with it in the midst of making music and want my, my music videos to make sense. But as far as like actual writing the movies, I wasn't really writing them at first. I was just trying to put them together and then the dude that played Biggie, when I ran into him again, he had told me, like, he'd be in my movie, but he, like, just sent me the script. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a script, so I'm like, man, I got to put something together. So I went to the library and stayed there for probably, like, a week or two and put my whole script together and sent it to him, and he liked it. That's and, you know, dope. He said, yeah, yeah, so that's how it worked, and I sent it to my dude, Murder, and a couple other people, and brought him down here and shit they did the parts and shit I just built around it I didn't know what I was doing at, at first so I was just building building around it that's why I got my hustle up so long and shit cause I was learning as I go and then from there mm-hmm. I started actually doing the scripts writing about it keeping them with the word count to knowing exactly how long I need to make it to make it a certain length of time so just all been a learning process, just staying consistent on something for years and years and years at a time. Mm-hmm. So um, when you were first meeting these celebrities, were you making like a connection with them or was it like a one-time thing? Because I hear how you said, you know, the dude that played Biggie, you know, you made a connection with him and then Busy Bone, you said, you know, when you got to meet him, so you, y'all you ended up working together? Like, so what did y'all, y'all started working on a film or was y'all working on music? Yeah, 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 yeah. When I met Busy, yeah, that was when I met him. One of my people knew him in Columbus, so I had met him out there. Like that was my first time meeting him. And then, like a year or something later, I was at the Ohio Hip Hop Awards, and he was performing or giving away an award. And I ended up sneaking backstage and getting his contact number, and I paid him to come to Dayton to do a song with. Him. So I did the song in like 2010, 2011. We started working on the. The video also for the song, but I was making it a short film, but my guy lost the footage. Right. So that was like 2010, 2011. But then fast forward to like 2020, 2021, that's when I reached out to him again and got him to do the voice on my cartoon. 
And, you know what I'm saying, we still cool from that. But, like, the dude that played Biggie, like, he done ate dinner at my mama house. I done brought him down oh, here. Dang. Yeah, like, four or five times today. And so it was stuff like that. But at first, when I was first doing it, like, with the music, I was meeting a lot of celebrities, and I was having them take pictures. And then I'd be like, damn, I should have had them do, like, video drop, shout me out. So next time, I, the next year, I go out of town, I have them do video drops to take pictures. But my thing is, I just basically learned this year as I went. So when I started doing the movies, reaching out to different celebrities, I just reach out to them, and then I have them do like the video drop and come to date to do a uh, scene in my movie, or if they already in dating, have them do some shit. So it was really just building relationships with people, and a lot of stuff they didn't think was gonna. Some of them didn't think was gonna come out, mm-hmm. and once they see me persistent with it, like I said, I ain't, a lot of these celebrities they don't remember me at first. Mm-hmm. But they had seen me somewhere, then they had seen me somewhere else. Then they had seen me somewhere else. And like, oh, that's the little nigga. And then like now with social media, I make it to where I, I know how to do it, so to where people see me and they see my hard work and dedication now. So none of these celebrities was fucking with me from the beginning right. at all. A lot of them just be trying to get paid, get their money, and get to doing what they're going to do just to get on to the next people because they meet people every day who trying to do something think they got an idea or think they can do something just be a waste of time so I just had to keep working and, and, and make people pay attention to what I'm doing well, gotta make them a believer yeah, yeah. So. so was it a hard was it a hard transition from music to movies or was that like easy cause I see you also like um, I watched your cartoon uh, Fuck Child Support and I see you rapping is that the Fuck Child Support song that you was talking about is that the same one that's in the cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. The Fuck Child Support song. Yeah, that's the song. They like the, uh, the theme song for the actual cartoon. Like, it come on when it comes on there, when it goes out. And yeah, that was the first song. But like, all the other songs, like, the majority of the music that's on the uh, F Child Support is me rapping. Mm-hmm. So that's why I tell people, like, a lot of people thought I stopped doing music. I just never, I just stopped putting it out. Like, because I was dropping music all the time. I was the only person in the city really dropping mixtapes back to back I got 10 CDs you know what I'm saying but I, but I was just in the street selling them yeah. so it was just people were used to that so when I stopped selling the CDs they think I stopped doing the music but even on Got My Hustle Up 50% of the, the music on there is me and yeah. then on Fuck Child Support probably like 80% of the music is mine so like I ain't never stopped doing the music when, I, when my, all my movies come out I'm dropping the soundtrack for each movie but each soundtrack is going to be, when it drops on like iTunes and shit like that, it's going to just be the songs of mine. Mm-hmm. Like this is basically my own solo CD for each movie project, but I still show love and put other dating artists and other artists on scenes in the movie, like having their music playing in certain scenes. But like I said, I ain't never stopped doing the music as far as transit. So, that, so the transition, and, and that's what people don't understand, I started doing movies to promote my music. Like when I was... The day I said I was about to start doing movies, mm-hmm. I said, like, man, I'm, I'm about to do these movies so I could put my music in the movie so I can make people listen to my music that way. That's smart. So, that is that smart, shit, man. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So when people would be saying that, they don't realize, like, I ain't never stopped. It just was, like, my move, like, my cartoon. I've been working on my cartoon for four years. Mm-hmm. So I already knew from four years ago my cartoon was going to be about me being a rapper. But I didn't know it was going to get as detailed as it, as I ended up getting it, how I did with the four episodes. But I'm just saying, I already planned on I, the first episode 
had been out for like a like two years ago. So I've been planning this shit. It's just like I knew everybody didn't know that the cartoon was gonna be like how it was. So I already knew like once the cartoon dropped, everybody gonna see I still rap. Mm-hmm. But now I don't really care because I know like even like on the cartoon, I did a lot of voices on the cartoon. A lot of people don't even know that's me doing the voices. So oh, that's tight. Yeah, so I don't even uh, care no more. I just let people think what they want. Yeah, I'm supposed to say, man, you're the hardest working man alive. And thank you for putting the city on. Because um, when you had said that, you know, some people from the city, you use their music or you also put them in your movies and uh, things of that nature. Hey, man, shout out to you for that. Because, you know what I'm saying, you boost a lot of people's confidence with that. They, you know, they figure out that they can do it too. Like, oh, man, I- he put me in a movie. Now I can get out here and really, you know, try, try and pursue it. So shout out to that, man. Making people see that they can do it. Um, nah, that's the thing. I'm glad I can do that. And that's the thing, like you said, that's what I want people to do is to use this as a stepping stone. I ain't trying to put people in the movies and just trying to be in a movie to be seen. If I put you in a movie, I want to put somebody in a movie who's serious about this shit and trying to at least pursue it or, or, or Sometimes I do just be meeting random people and they might just hit me up and I just put them in there because I need extras or something. But mm-hmm. a lot of these people, they be asking and shit. They don't really be, they just want to be in it just to be seen. Man, I'll be trying to give people opportunities who deserve it, who want to really try to make something with, in the entertainment business. You feel me? Yeah, you see something in them. You see some type of spark yeah. in them. Yeah, shout out to that for real. So um, the when the got my hustle up when it first came out because that was your first movie to actually hit the scene, right? Yeah. How did you feel, man? Like once you seen like people are watching my movie, this is my movie. How, how did that feel? Yeah, it felt good. Uh, I be moving so fast, it, all that went so fast. I didn't even get to enjoy because like I had a big premiere at the uh, Victoria Theater on the night that it released. And my dad, he came in from California. He flew in just to be at the premiere. I didn't even get to talk to him because there was so much going on. Mm-hmm. The whole night I got the, uh, I was setting up everything, the red carpet and everything. Then I had to go get dressed and pick up the dude to play Biggie from the hotel. And all. So by the time I got to the actual premiere, it was, we was already behind. And as soon as I got there, I had to start the movie. But I was surprised everybody liked it as much as they did, honestly. Hey, I watched it. It was great, man. Shout out to you, man. I liked it. For real. Um, so, like, who are some of the people that you would like to work with that you haven't yet, famous or unfamous? Um, I know I want to work with like, uh, like Denzel Washington, shit like that, like Will Smith, uh. Angela Bassett or some somebody like that on a bigger scale on the acting side, like one of the main people. Uh, as far as not famous, uh, oh no, uh, I ain't, uh, I'm really open to work with anybody for real. I'm just trying to uh, whatever fit what I know is gonna bring the vision to life and be best for the project. So that's what I really be looking for. That's why I do sometimes pick certain people that I might run into who I know can play the part that I need. Like, yeah, as far as in the future, I plan on uh, doing movies like Vivica Fox and um, Lorenz Tate, and oh, legends yeah. who are already uh, in the game, and some of the people I want to work with in the future. 
And I can't well, wait till you that, do it. Keep working like uh, Murder Pain and my dude Gravy, Jamal Woolard, people I already been working with, man, building relationships with. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to new projects we all got coming together and shit like that. Okay, so what are some of the stuff that you do have coming up that you got up and coming? Uh, well, see, like I said, right now I got the F Child Supporter just dropped it, and I want everybody to go on Tubi and watch that. Put in F Child Support, and you can watch my new animated cartoon series. Now, after that, I got my movie PUA, Pandemic Unemployment Assistance, that's coming uh, starring Ha Ha Davis, comedian from Detroit, and uh, Comic J Wheel, and my uh, my guy Bupak, and I got Hoops from Flavor of Love in that. Then I got another movie called A Dime to a Dollar. I got Diamond from Crime Mob. My guy Christian Menace, he's an up-and-coming uh, actor. Um, Trey Chaney, he played in The Wire. I got another movie called Fitnall. That got Curtis Snow from Snow in the Bluff. And that the rest of the cast is like a dating, all dating cast. I got a whole lot of dating people in that one where I know... Uh, a lot of people are going to be surprised and impressed with how good they did. It's my first movie that don't have a whole lot of uh, big-name famous people in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, people are going to like that. It's going to be three episodes I released with that. And I got another project called um, Love, Loyalty, and Death, starring Tyron Turner from Minister Society and a couple other people, man. I got a lot of different shit coming. So you I'm got a lot going. Party. Yeah, yeah, I've been working on this shit for some years and shit, so everything. When my mom passed away last year, it kind of slowed everything down, so a lot of stuff that I had been had working on with different people got slowed down, so that's why I ended up being like this, where I got so much stuff. A lot of stuff was supposed to already been out mm-hmm. by now, but it just ended up working out how it worked out, so shit, we got to move forward how it's going, how it go. I understand that, yeah, you got to, you know, Sometimes you just need that time, which is understandable. Now I heard all this, heard all the stuff you named. I know you said it was a few years back, but how quick do you write a script? Because you got a lot of stuff going on. Is it hard to write scripts? Like, does it take, you know, a long time? I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's 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 uh, it's based on a person. It's just like when they say like uh, to be great at something, you gotta put ten thousand hours into it. So like I just told you, like I started doing this movie shit around like 2010. Oh, yeah. So it's 2023. So I've been constantly just coming up with different ideas. And even like with the scripts, the script is just just like I just say like uh, when we do music. Music, some people write their music and then memorize it. You know what I'm saying? But that's like a short, but some people just freestyle. So that's what I'm saying, like a script. If you know your script, some people know how to freestyle some shit, and then you, but, but it's more or less if you know how to write some shit, it's just putting it, writing it down. You feel me? If you motherfucking be like, man, I woke up this morning, went downstairs, got a drink of water, my uncle knocked on the door. When I opened up the door, it was a nigga standing behind my uncle with a gun. They pushed themselves inside the house. You know what I'm saying? All that is is just typing it out on your phone and shit. Or if you did, or if you after we get off this podcast, mm-hmm. if you get in your phone and be like, start writing a movie. Or I'm doing. A, I was a, doing a podcast with this guy. He was telling me about his movies. Once I got done, I got a call on the phone. Something that happened. I had to rush to Kroger's on Simi Thaler. 
it was a shoot and da da So it just put all that in and just doctor just typing it in your phone like shit. It's just whatever the fuck you thinking. It ain't if if, if you gonna sit there all day and, and just think and put the storyline together, you might finish it today. That's just like rapping a song. If you start your song today and you be like, Man, I like this beat and you finish the whole song in thirty minutes, that's cause you was feeling that shit. If you be like, Oh, I'm just gonna write two bars and I'm gonna touch it up again next week. Another week, I'm going to go back into it. So that's all up to the person. Like, shit, I just get busy and, and do my thing. And once I get to working on something, but a lot of my shit be based on true stories. Right. So it ain't all it is, is typing it out or putting it in my phone. Because, like, got my hustle up. I was doing pest control for real. So I just made a movie about doing pest control. All the shit with the child support that happened in my got my hustle up was real. Where the child support took all my money. And all that shit, but all it is with the movie is just making their lines and shit. Like what you want them to say. You know? yeah. That's all that is. It's just all right, such and such said he was gonna meet me at seven o'clock. And then I'm like, Why you want me to meet you at seven? I wanna meet you at eight. you know, it's just all about the dialogue that you want the motherfuckers to say. That's the thing that I'm good at. I ain't no a lot of people can't come up with the dialogue. Okay. And that's what make it harder for other people because they don't know what to tell somebody else to say. Yeah. They don't know what makes sense, but I use what happen what happens in my real life most of the time. So I can't tell nobody else how long it's gonna take them to come up with a script because they might just be coming up trying to come up with some shit that they don't know nothing about. Right, and be completely. Can't just make no movie about no gangster shit, and you ain't never been around no gangster shit. Right. You know what I'm saying unless you got some stories to pull from on some shit that's gonna give you some type of inspiration or some enlightenment if you went and talked to your uncle and your uncle told you about a time when he was fucking with somebody and they got robbed and shit and then you just build around that. So it's just really just people just taking that idea and, and, and taking the initiative to, to do it. Like it might take, like some of my scripts might take me a couple of weeks or I got some of them where I just add ideas as I go. I might add, some might happen later on the day. I might take some of that happen today and make it, put it in my notes and shit so I'll be able to check it and see. Then when I start working on the script, I'll just add that scene like, all right, this such and such happened. I'm about to just change this and make him say this, make him say that. So it's just really up to the person, man. A lot of people just be wasting their day. Mm-hmm. So people just got to really just take a time and look at how they use their 24 hours in a day to see what they accomplishing and shit. Like, this shit ain't nothing. I ain't doing nothing spectacular. I'm just motherfucking... Yeah, just like I said, this this shit I've been working on these projects for four years. Yeah. So that's what I mean. It's like it ain't like these motherfuckers just getting done. It's me working on this shit gradually and gradually. A lot of people don't know how to stay consistent and keep working on something. People they thought process is they too short short term. They only thinking about the short term. Like I be thinking long term. Right. So that'd be the difference, man. Nigga gotta stay stay motivated. Yeah. And I see you got kids. Have your kids played in any of your movies or um, been on any of your music? <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. My son, yeah, he played me and got my hustler. He got my hustler. The first person you see when they come on, one of, well, one of the first people you see is uh, my son playing basketball on the basketball court. And uh, he on the scene with Virgil and shit. That's my son, my real son and shit. He playing me. Then, like, my mom, she plays my grandma and got my hustle up. My nephew plays my real, plays my son and got my hustle up. Uh, shit. All my shit be real and shit for real, so. 
Man, that's uh, dope putting your family yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids, they was on my cartoon. They had, all my kids, my daughter had a couple lines. My son had a line. My nephew had a line. Uh, my daughter, she ain't got my husband up. She just didn't have no words. She was just in a couple scenes and shit, like just riding on the hoverboard in one scene. And she was in the scene with Bambi from Love and Hip Hop when they was leaving City Gear. Had her make a cameo walking past. So, yeah, yeah, my kids always be involved in different shit. And that's what's up. Now, I want to ask you, like, for somebody who's up and coming, do you have any words, like, of inspiration, you know, any type of motivation you could give somebody who would maybe want to tap into music or tap into movies? See, my thing, I just tell people, just believe in yourself. Don't worry about what nobody else thinking and shit, because nobody believed in me. Ain't nobody support me or nothing like that And when this shit first started. That's why I call myself Dave's Best Kept Secret, because mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's trying to keep me a secret. And, like, as far as, like, with the clothing line, when I first started, I used to do just wear Jason Man's shirts. And people used to be thinking, calling me lame and shit like that because I wear Jason Mask. used to airbrush the Jason Mask with my shirt because I was because I was Jason. So I'm like, I was already marketing. But mm-hmm. this was before marketing and shit was cool. I was doing the shit before. It was cool to have your own business and be your own boss. So yeah. I was always an innovator you know what I'm saying? I ain't I ain't give a fuck what other people thought about me and shit. I, I it bothered me, but I ain't let it stop what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? I let it motivate me to keep pursuing it and do better, cause I I knew like these motherfuckers gonna regret trying to play me and shit. So that shit fueled my fire. So that's why a lot of people respect this shit now, cause they uh, they really be like, damn, I really seen this nigga come from nothing. Where I thought this nigga wasn't wasn't gonna be shit. I was probably the person that. Motherfuckers think like out of everybody, this the nigga ain't gonna be be successful with no shit, no movies, and ain't nobody ever think I was gonna be able to do no movies or nothing like that. So I just tell people believe in yourself mm-hmm. and don't overthink it, cause I ain't go to school for none of this stuff. I ain't do nothing but believe in myself, and you got to be willing to work hard and and, and know that, that a lot of shit gonna go wrong before it go right. Right. And you got to be strong enough to get through all that because that's all I've been doing is going through the trials and tribulations and just being nonstop, nonstop bullshit after bullshit after bullshit. That's why my shit be taking so long to come out. It ain't because I ain't trying to get it out faster. It's just that always something happens making all my shit come out slow. So, But at the same time, I have to realize some of this shit like God's plan or a lot of this shit God's plan, all of this shit, I just got to keep on pushing. But it's all about our choices and shit. I could have been gave up years ago. But that'd be the thing. Like, a lot of this shit be God's plan or the devil trying to stop you. And all that shit, it'd be all about the choices that a nigga going to make on this road to success. Because even though God trying to make shit happen for you, if you don't, if, if like, if myself, if I stop doing the shit that I'm doing, this shit over with. If I just stop today, I'd be like, man, I'm done with this shit, man. My mama did. I came up fucking... I ain't blew up yet. Fuck it. I'm about to quit trying and shit. These motherfucking movies ain't going to come out. like, And, that, and, and shit, it's over. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all about ourselves, man. Pushing ourselves and shit, man. Like, I had to dig deep to keep going after my mama died. So I just tell people, man, just motherfucking keep working hard. But at the same time, speaking on that with, with my mama, don't be so trying to blow up and so worried about being successful that you don't spend time with your family. So caught up in making money and don't spend time with your mama and your kids and 
the ones you love, your dad and shit like that. So that's one of my regrets. I've been so tied up in trying to be successful, going out of town, meeting these celebrities and trying to make it. In, but even though I was trying to do that for my family, I still was losing track of spending more time with my mama, just coming in the house and just sitting there with her and just chilling. Yeah. I'd be so much on the move and so much on the go so much. But that's just one of the things, gems I'll be trying to drop to niggas too, like, man, just because you're trying to make it, you still can't lose sight of your family and what's important, man, spending time with your kids and building these memories because at any moment, man, shit could change, boy. Yeah. And lose one of your loved ones and then you be sitting there looking stupid. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. Man, so I want to ask you, like, I'm going to start off with music. If um, someone wants to listen to some of your music, where could they find it? Uh, well, some of my older music, you could go on YouTube and you'll more or less uh, type in Jason DBKS. And a lot of it should come up. But uh, like I said, I was more or less Back in the day, I was out here selling hard copy CDs, so I wasn't even up to the up on the internet shit. But I just recently just dropped my first real uh, project online. That's the F Childsport soundtrack just dropped last week, and um, that's on all platforms. So that was my first one. It's got uh, 17 songs on that. That's the one that people want us to be able to listen to. But a lot of my old music, I'm gonna start uploading those old projects on iTunes. And all these other platforms too, so some of my old fans can uh, find them because I'm still bringing like a lot of my old songs. I'm putting them on my music. I mean, uh, on my movies too. So my real fans from back in the day, they'll hear some of the old songs that they love on some of these projects too. Yeah, that'd be dope. So, what about your movie? Where all could they find uh, your movie and your cartoon? Where could people watch it at? Uh, Tubi TV, Tubi, that's going to be the spot where I want everybody to watch the projects that got my hustle up. You can watch that on Tubi. F Child Support, you can watch that on Tubi. Got my hustle up. You can also watch that on Amazon Prime if you got Prime and want to watch it on there. But I prefer everybody watching on Tubi. So, yeah, definitely check it out on Tubi. Yeah, definitely, definitely check it out. Two dope projects, man. I love both movies. I love the movie and I love the cartoon. I was up rolling. At like three in the morning, rolling off of it. The one, uh, the boyfriend of the baby mama, the one with the uh, with the dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, he had me rolling. It was just how he talked, man. And it's like, man, that's how cats be for real around here, bro. That's exactly how they talk for they half booty. You feel me? Yeah, yeah. That part too. That's why a lot of people don't know that's me playing butter butter. Oh, that's you playing butter butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> hey, that's he funny, bro. That's my favorite character, bro. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I a lot of people. That's why I'm just trying to keep people let people know you can do anything you put your mind to. Definitely, yeah. definitely, man. <laughs> so, like, where could people follow you at? Do you have like, um, are you on any platforms like Facebook, Instagram, or anything? You want people to follow you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Facebook is gonna be Jason Hampton. Instagram is going to be Jason DBKS. Uh, my other Instagram page I just made is Fuck Child Support, the cartoon. So you can, uh, I'm trying to get some followers on there. Uh, Instagram, I mean, uh, YouTube, Jason DBKS Films. Twitter, Jason DBKS. But most, the majority of them, Jason DBKS. And like I said, Facebook going to be the main way you can reach me on Jason Hampton. Okay. 
Oh, uh, yeah, because I was so excited when you hit me back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got an interview, man. I'm geeking. Because, you know, for real, for real, bro, you, you are a celebrity. You know what I'm saying? And I, I know you be busy. So the fact that you reach back out to people, man, kudos to you. You know, because a lot of people don't reach back out. They just, uh, nah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Kudos yeah, yeah. to you for that. And kudos to you. You know, I've, I've been seeing that you, um, you're interviewing on a lot of different podcasts. Thanks for that, too, you know? Thank you, because you like, you a celebrity. Oh, uh, no, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you. That's what I'm saying. That, that'd be the thing, too, that people can't forget where they come from, because that's what I know I done turned it into that just off my me believing in myself. But I know what it's like to be reaching out to different rappers and different people and shit, and they don't want to support you. They ain't fucking with you. Like, I, when I did Got My Hustle Up, I tried to reach out to a lot of people in the city, and they wouldn't even do the parts and shit. So it was it was also shit to where everybody was trying to play me. Did nobody believe in it at first? So I know what it's like to be reaching out to people and then they be acting like they too good or different shit like that. So I ain't never want to be that type of person. And especially just to know where I came from, just to know that my story can motivate people because I know I really came from nobody supporting me to where now I got a lot of support. So that's why I try to teach people the main thing that got it to that point was just consistency, staying consistent. If I weren't consistent, it wouldn't have been this. This just came from people seeing me for years and years, and all I was doing was promoting the same thing. Like I said, I came out with Got My Hustle Up in 2011. So I've been doing this 12 years straight, just everywhere I go, wearing Got My Hustle Up, talking, telling people I got Got My Hustle Up shit. So that's why that's the only thing they know. Yeah. And the fuck child support, so it's just been a long time. Yeah, long yeah. Time. Your promotion is great, man. I see you all over everything. You doing, you know, you doing your thing with the promotion. A lot of people, you know, they might promote here and there. No, you got to keep pushing it. You got to make sure it's in people's faces every time they click on something. They got to see it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm on too, man. That's what. I, that's another thing that people need to get away from is just being so, like I said, short term, thinking that 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 they going to drop the CD and promote it for a month and blow up. Or they don't even promote it a month. People promote it a week and then get on to the, I'm on my next project about to drop. Like, with this movie, like, shit, it just came out. I got to try to get people to watch it. Like, I can't just stop promoting it after, you know, a couple weeks and shit. So, just take a lot, whole lot of dedication into, into all these projects and shit, man, to keep from um, taking the L on all this shit. There ain't no guarantee wins and no shit like that. It's hard work. Yeah, I can dig it. But I want to say thank you, man. Thank you so much for this interview. This has been a great interview. I've, I've learned a lot about you. Keep doing your thing. You know, more blessings to you, you know. And hopefully we'll look back and listen to this one day and you be done work with Vivica Fox and Denzel Washington and Will Smith. You know, we just, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Hell yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, and we can set it up another day to do the in-person uh, interview too, if you want to in the future. So I got some other projects coming up in March, and I'll be wanting to uh, promote those. So I appreciate you having me on the show, and look forward to working with you again. Oh yeah, man, I appreciate you, man. And this has been another episode of Hood Talk Podcast.